In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> one of the main teachings, one of the principles that came out of the Second Vatican Council was a calling on the faithful, all of us, you and I, to be in this world, to live in this world, but at the same time, pay attention, to notice what the certain trend and council fathers called the signs of the times. Certain trends that come up in society that may not necessarily be for our spiritual good. Things that are happening in society that are putting us in danger, especially our souls, risking our salvation. Pope John Paul II also famously referred to this duty that Christians have often in the encyclicals that he wrote. So, I think Jesus, in his words that he's directing to the disciples in this gospel passage we heard today, is warning them about a certain sign of the times. The fact that the world is often going to be seen to be rejoicing, while those who follow him are going to be weeping and lamenting. And that's strange. You'd think that Jesus wants to reassure his followers in his absence when he's no longer walking with them in the flesh as a man. So a large portion of today's society says and acts as if to experience pain and discomfort and suffering and persecution of any kind is unacceptable. And that is one of the signs of the times today. And we see that all over the place when it comes to a variety of different topics. It's not okay to suffer. If you're being persecuted for anything, if you feel pain due to anything, it must be addressed. It must be solved at all costs. It's not good for the human being to feel discomfort or pain or suffering of any kind, to be persecuted in any way. If that's the case, if that trend is true, if it helps our souls, then certain things start to become acceptable. For example, a relationship with another person must be maximized for its pleasure and any consequences such as bearing fruit in the form of bringing new life will be seen as a burden. And that's not okay. Another example. If you're in the world of business and you're struggling to make ends meet and you're providing for your family, but things start getting too hard and things start getting too challenging and things start getting too uncomfortable, then it will become okay to cut corners, to be deceitful in business practices. If you start feeling you want to do certain things based on your passions, then it's okay to act on those passions as long as it brings you comfort. Especially when you're facing the challenge of having to discipline yourself and cultivate virtue in your life. Oh. 
when it comes to the sacrament of marriage, it might be too hard to sit down and understand the theology that, it, that the church teaches us about the whole sacrament. It might be too hard to sit down and understand the importance of communication and the relationship between Jesus and his church and how that should be the model for marriage. And it might be too hard to sit down and understand the importance of sacrifice and how far that can take us in cultivating a fruitful relationship. So then it becomes easier to just focus on the comfort comfortable things, to just focus on what's a delight to the eyes and all the superficial stuff that comes along with the wedding. It might be easier to just look at faith and see all the teachings that it has as too hard and too difficult and too challenging and that will lead us to relegate faith to the private sphere. There's too many rules, there's too many standards, there's too many obligations. So then the temptation becomes, okay, faith is just a private matter, it's something we do passively, it's something that's only existing in our thoughts, and it doesn't have any real-life implications, or at least it shouldn't, because it will make us too uncomfortable. It will give us too much of a challenge. All these situations, all these examples are real. They're very real. And all of us encounter them. And if we don't encounter them, people that we know encounter them. And it's a problem. It's a problem because the goal of Christian life takes work. The goal of Christian life, which is to honor the way Christ lived when he's no longer with us, walking as a man, and to do that, to honor the way he lived, means to conform ourselves to his character, to think how he thought, to love how he loved, to make decisions in the way that he taught his disciples to make decisions. And that's not always comfortable. Sharing in the life of Christ, accepting the inheritance that he gives us, to set ourselves apart, to become holy, is not always comfortable. In fact, oftentimes it's not comfortable. It does involve pain. It does involve persecution. It does involve suffering. And Jesus said that it would. It's not a surprise. It shouldn't be a surprise. Yes, there's going to be a second coming of Christ as he's prophesying in a certain way in the gospel passage that we heard today. But that's not the only time we're going to see him. We see Christ today, or we have the opportunity to see Christ today, every day, wherever the will of his kingdom, wherever the will of his Father is being done. And we pray for that every day when we say the Our Father. To do his will, to do the will of his Father, to spread his kingdom, to be his ambassadors to the world, entails pain, entails discomfort, entails persecution. It takes work. It takes work to become another Christ in this world. It takes work to share in his life. Sacrifice, love, having mercy and practicing forgiveness, having a meaningful prayer life, being honest, practicing humility, fighting sin and temptation. 
being, being a good husband, a good wife, a good sibling, a good role model, a good example for others. These all take work, and they even hurt. But it's worth the hurt, because these practices of the Christian life, these virtues that Christ calls us to, these virtues which are the virtues of Christ himself, they don't end there. These, these habits, these, these actions, they don't end there. While we labor with these things, a new life is being brought forth. Just as Christ brings forward the example in today's gospel passage of a woman having labor. While we struggle, while we challenge ourselves to cooperate with God's grace, labor is being done, but a new life is being born. And that life is the life that Christ invites you and I to. That life that's being born into the world every day with all the sacrifices and all the acts of charity that we make and all the acts of forgiveness and mercy and humility. That life is our sharing in the life of Christ. That life is us listening and following the words of St. Paul in his letter to the Galatians when he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Brothers and sisters, in the midst of this world today, where it seems oftentimes like the world is rejoicing and we are suffering, we need to recognize that where it seems like there's weakness, where it seems like there's a lifeless body that's been sacrificed on a cross and a failure has occurred, that is actual victory. Because it doesn't end there. It ends in a life of resurrection. It ends in a life where sin and death have been defeated. So you and I, looking at all that, should always pray for the grace to accept this life that Christ is inviting us to, to accept adoption as sons in the Son, to heed the words of St. Paul and allow Christ to dwell in us. Because while it may seem like we're lamenting and in sorrow, oftentimes we're actually managing our suffering so that we can get to the point where we inherit eternal life. Amen.